Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched a movie, Feet. I mean, about called Once a Time and Feet. It's uh, called Once Upon a Time and Hot. Line. Tiptoeing around it and get to the title. Okay, we're going to be good little foot soldiers and talk about the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, Jim West. Chris, if they bite you, it's because you threaten them. (laughs) (laughs) I am, of course, talking about the feet. Yes, yes. You just have to teach any good pit bull how to heal. (laughs) They won't attack your baby. (laughs) Or that guy's balls. Anyway. Maybe your baby shouldn't have violated the NAP. They're nanny breeds. Be nice. Anyway, uh, it's the latest movie by Quentin Tarantino, arguably his last Feet. movie. I don't know. Could be. Uh, Toes. I think it's, <laughs> How is that an argument? I don't. That's the thing. It's like I don't. I don't know if he's going to do it or not. Was that his do last one more? movie or not? Well, well allegedly, well, actually, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like I think he said it might be, but two things here. One, I'm pretty sure he cannot stay away from film. I think he's like Stephen King, where he'll die if he's not making a movie. And two, I'm pretty sure he wants to end it on ten instead of nine. It'd be so cool if he ended his whole career on a Star Trek movie. That's the thing. He also said he was making a Star Trek movie. But I'm pretty remember, sure. Remember, like, remember yeah, that care. time that uh, that Pixar was going to stop making movies after Wally, and then they released Inside Out and a bunch of garbage after that. Yeah, well, that's Feet. the thing. It's like they're going to like he's going to keep making movies. I of just course because he, he said is. he's not going to. I don't believe him. So it was just another big fake out, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> th- that's the thing is that ending, the post credits thing or mid credits thing. That's the, like a new lead in for his next movie or something. I don't know. Uh, we haven't even talked about whether we liked it or not. Did we like the movie, guys? I liked the movie. It was yes. fine. Yeah. Toes. Feet. I I <laughs> I liked many things about it. It's also like probably like the eighth best Tarantino movie. So it's not know an what insult. Your bottom one is. I liked it a little bit more than uh, than that, but we'll get into that in a bit. Parker, do we have any news? No, we have like forty five movies to talk about between us. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. Little toes, yeah. piggies. Can we like can we just can, can we just talk about the cats trailer for a second week? Yeah, sure. I, why I not? think we can. Okay, so rumple teaser. <laughs> Rum tum tugger. <laughs> Mr. Mistopheles. I, I showed it to Alex. I recorded her reaction. And again, it's so much fun just watching people's faces contort in horror when they watch it. Oh my god, the, they actually look like that. <laughs> the way it unravels in motion is breathtaking. So, Chris, if you're explaining this to me correctly, they take a UFO to go to heaven? Yeah. Correct. I mean, memories. Wouldn't you? It's the best way to get there. It's the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a resident Catholic and end of days fan, 
which again, Satanist movie. <laughs> we can watch uh, End of Days again. <laughs> absolutely, we can. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, I'm going to get that edited as soon as I can. I've been really, really busy this week. Um, okay, let's get into Jerks of the Week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Uh, my Jerk of the Week is actually <laughs> Alex Sinar, who, uh, our good... Hey! Yeah, our, our good president, an extremely stable genius, finally called out Baltimore. Uh, Alex, I'm not sure why you haven't done anything to improve your district. Sir, respectfully, sir, with all due respect, resign, sir. Listen, Baltimore fucking owns. I will die on that cell. I will die for this rat-infested hellhole. <laughs> Baltimore is so fucking cool. It's like, yeah, Baltimore is sick, dude. I love Baltimore, but also don't go eight blocks from the water or you're just going to die. <laughs> Any other jerks uh, of the week? We can, we can skip if you guys don't have anything. Dude, I totally forgot we do this segment. It's just more pit bull jokes. I'll be honest with yeah. you. Let's have a real it, good it's time. Gonna be pit bull, yes, it's going to be Pitbull the rapper. Couldn't think of a good enough pun. Gave up on it. Ate a sandwich, and here we are. Yeah. That's been my night. Okay. My jerk of the week is John Wick for letting out Brad Pitt's dog. <laughs> okay. You know, Quentin Tarantino talks about an extended universe beyond his movies. What if the John Wick movies are also part of it, and it's the same pit bull that mauls babies in both of them? <laughs> Actually, I know. they're a docile breed, and you can have them around kids. You're okay. right. That's totally implausible, because that would suggest that there aren't more than one pit bull that mauls children. But... <laughs> I'm saying it's I'm just the same one, one, and it's just like Bigfoot appearing in every movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just the same pit bull mauling all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy Krueger spectral haunting of this God, pitbull. that would be that would be an incredible kids movie. Like, oh, it's about this dog that's like he's like a substitute teacher for dogs. So whenever your dog is sick, he's just like your dog for that day. Except it's a pit bull and he shows up at your house and mauls your babies. It's a horror movie. <laughs> it's a documentary. Uh, uh, hold on, Chris. hold on, Chris, Chris, cut that. I'm adding that to the list of movies we're making. Oh, great. How did that pitbull survive on that station for eight years? <laughs> Nothing but Alpo and spare baby parts. <laughs> it's a good thing her spaceship is stranded next to this baby factory. <laughs> the teaser's just a nursery, and then a pit bull walking in doing the Birdman hand thing. Like, oh boy, it's dinner time now. Okay, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. I'll start off as we typically do. <laughs> Um, I watched a movie, Parker, have you heard of this? It's called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I've heard of it. It's been on my Netflix queue for like three years. I've never gotten to it. It's, uh, it is very explicitly titled. You, you know exactly what the movie's going to be. Um, I, I think it's pretty good, actually, uh, for a 70s movie. Um, oh, I'm out. Yeah, that's, it's fair to check out of this one. It's, it's, it's about a woman who's got very severe paranoia, I think, after an experiment is done on her brain and uh for the most part you, you feel pretty bad about her i think the movie works because it's all about atmosphere and that atmosphere works really really well and uh i don't know that's scary to me but i just feel really bad for her it's scary for her it's it's more like it's her horror movie so i'll give it a very tentative recommendation but it's also got like that's there's just a, something about the way that 70s movies looked that sucks so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the whole 70s were like that dude yeah i don't know uh then i watched uh <laughs> watched 1958's fiend without a face look feet 
If you're no fiend. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I'm out. Feet without a feet. No fiend, fiend without a face. So here's my problem with fiend without a face. How does he walk? There's there's a whole lot of uh, no. He's on his tiptoes. So. <gasps> Can oh. you have? T- he just walks around on his knees. That's how he gets around with no feet. So. I think one of the cheapest things you can do is have an invisible villain and just beat yourself up for it, and that's what this movie is. So for the leave Kel Mitchell alone. <laughs> it just and finally, like the things are revealed. It's like, oh, what are they? Oh, it's this really awful looking stop motion, even for 1958. So, feed without a face does not get a recommendation. Then I watched a, a documentary called Waking Sleeping Beauty about the Disney Renaissance because I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to see. It was actually really good. Now, the, it's actually a really interesting documentary. You see just how fraught it was at the time, and it's it's funny at times. It's just really interesting. I don't know. I, I've been watching a few more documentaries than I expected uh, recently. So that's I've got that going for me, which is uh, kind of interesting. Do you guys know they have these movies where you learn things? Yeah, it's like educational or something like that, but you have to pay money sometimes. Anyway. Chris, are any of those on the list? Uh, no, yeah. although I did watch that five-hour documentary on a film series I hate. <laughs> so. Oh, well, in that oh, case. yeah, you did do that thing yeah. because I tricked you. Yeah. My... Hey, this thing exists. Oh, I'm just going to go back to work now. <laughs> Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Bye. <laughs> Anyway, next I watched 1960s Village of the Damned. Uh, the, the 1960 version, not the John Carpenter version. Uh, what a relief. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that close. Uh, turns out Village of the Damned is really good. Uh, I think it actually does the creepy children thing better than any other creepy children movie. Um, Parker, I know you'll like mm-hmm. Orphan so much. But uh, Village of the Damned is... <laughs> uh, like and appreciate <laughs> how fucking stupid it is. <laughs> I can't believe that Bigfoot was pretending to be a little girl. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, one of the things about it is, like, the effects work really well. Where they're just, like, reflecting that light off their eyes. It looks really creepy. The kids do a really, really good job for a change. And I also did not know it was British. So that was fun to learn. Uh, but, yeah, Village of the Dam gets a very hearty recommendation. Then, jeez, I, oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> oh, What'd you watch, buddy? Oh, boy. Have you guys heard of a movie called Dead Water? I'm about to. Oh, okay. So I found this while perusing a certain website. And I see the tagline is this. When a relaxing getaway turns deadly, a former Marine must risk his life once again to save his wife and best friend from a modern-day pirate, all the while trying to hold himself as he faces the ghosts of war he left behind. Uh, Which wrestler stars in this? None. Uh, the, the other tagline is just "terror goes deeper." That means nothing in the context of the movie. I don't know why they thought that. This movie came out uh, last week, and it stars Casper Van Dien and Judd Nelson. Oh my god, you'd love to see. Now it. here's oh. the thing: there is no modern day pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I can't help but notice the cast list is four people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot like uh, you know it's 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 a lot like uh, don't who's afraid of Virginia Woolf or something. It's about that good. <laughs> is there like a sign by the lake that says private, and they just think of pirates out there the whole time? <laughs> there are no pirates whatsoever. No one could. No one says the word pirate. No one says ahoy, matey. Bigfoot isn't even in this movie. How did he get out on the water for eight years? Anyway, (laughs) it's honestly kind of fun to watch this because it's so absurd. 
Casper Van Deed's face has aged in a certain way, <laughs> and it's <laughs> very difficult to look at, very difficult to hear his voice. Uh, Judd Nelson is barely recognizable, which is probably for the best. Um, it has a very bear-esque twist uh, at one point, although there are no Excuse bears me? in the movie. <laughs> okay, oh, boy, you had me. You lost yeah, me real sorry. quick there. You know how the twisted bear was like, oh my god, they were sleeping together? Turns out this happens in this movie for some reason. There's only four people in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much like yeah, in I another love, movie. I love the idea there's, that there's a hundred other bears okay, out There's there, three people right? and only one of them's a woman. So No, I, mean, no, I think we've established that there's only one bear in all of Hollywood. Only one pit bull in all of Hollywood. Theoretically <laughs> unlimited the amount of same dog in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he got into the Chihuahua soup for the Taco Bell commercials. Anyway. <laughs> Dead water fucking stinks on ice. It is not a future episode. I would not recommend it. I've been led astray. I've been bamboozled. All right, uh, <laughs> All right yo, tune in next week for Dead Water. <laughs> then I watched. Ah, uh, well, I might as well talk about this. I, I watched the Slumber Party Massacre. Um, <laughs> Buddy. It's. I think it's pretty bad. Um, I think my biggest Correct. problem here is that like. The script has a number of scenes that are really good. And you can tell, it's like, oh, this scene would have been so much funnier if they filmed it this way. But uh, the studio's just like, yeah, just film it straight. It's like, no, 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 this is clearly a satire. They're making fun of things right here. This is, it's almost like Scream in a lot of places, you know? But not Scream, uh, Scary Movie or whatever. Because, like, the, there's a scene early on where the woman's being killed in the van and she's, like, slapping on the windows and they're just walking away in silence like nothing's happening. It was like, oh, I get it. You're trying to tell a joke that's <laughs> not really working because the way you're filming. Also... That guy, and they're just not even bothering to hide his face with a mask. He's just like, yeah, he's got his big pita drill. Got it. Thank you. Turns out there's nothing scarier to a group of women than just a dude who won't leave. <laughs> it's so cool that this woman wrote the script like, hey, I wrote this like satire of slasher movies. And she handed it off. He's like, oh, cool, slasher movie. Yeah, just film this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's so obnoxious. I, I think one of the things that also got me into it is that a woman wrote it and a woman directed it. And I was like, that should be interesting from like a female perspective of slasher movies but the dop was a man and the male gaze is so pervasive in this movie particularly in the shower scene he gets all up in their grundles and i definitely don't hey, you're that. trying to sell tickets here right? yeah oh well yeah i'm gonna go watch fine it. art doesn't make money christopher uh apparently slumber party it's a slasher parody uh, <laughs> it's wait should it's i mention that one line that was just like oh <laughs> Yes, you absolutely should. So there is a girl of, I don't know how old she is, but she must be younger than 18, uh, who at one point it is very heavily implied that she masturbated to uh, Sylvester Stallone in Playgirl with a banana. Who amongst Uh, us? Really did not need to see the banana peel there. And then at one point her older (laughs) sister says, ah, come on, you've been beaten off guys since fifth grade. Thank you. That's a good own, yeah, actually. It is a pretty good one, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll keep that one. But uh, I, I really didn't need to think about that. But they also... The the only way they save it is they kind of laugh it off. I was like, you know what? That is how siblings talk to each other. So I guess it's cinema fairy tale. So <laughs> that's Slumber Party Massacre. Chris disgusted to watch a movie where it's implied that a child is sexually abused in any yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, come on. Again, the list has ruined me. So... The next one I, I'm very happy to talk about. It's a 1958 black and white movie called I. It's called I Bury the Living. So Please. listen to this. Listen to this. 
there's this guy, he gets a job at a graveyard, and there's like, this is 1958 graveyard, so it's like, it's all kind of manual, it's like they have a big, they have the plot, like a map on a corkboard on the wall, and you put a white pin over here for an unfilled grave, you put a black pin over here for, uh, for a grave you're going to fill in, and uh, you have the names of who's bought the plot, stuff like that, and he's still kind of learning the job, he's like, oh, I'll put this over here, I'll put this over here, and whenever he puts a black pin into a certain spot, the person whose name is attached to it dies. And at first he realizes this by accident that he he keeps trying to test the theory. And it turns out his theory is correct. He's just doing it. It's like, oh, I guess that worked. And uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's actually a very well done movie. And it was unfortunately so distracting because the main character's name was Robert... Jerry Sandusky. No, Robert Kraft. You love to see it, folks. <laughs> I'm dead serious. So every single time they kept talking about Bob Kraft is a good man, I was like, yeah. False. Yeah. Did you find this from trying to Google the Orchids of Asia tape? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remember the name of the parlor. Are, are we going to take a, a boy's trip down there? It's now that we've been to Comet Ping Pong. It's next on the list. Oh, that's, yeah, we're going to visit Joel. That was such a haunting adventure. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay, next up is... It, I think it might actually be my number two movie of the year. Uh, it somehow ended up being better than Triple Threat. I drove about 100 miles round trip to go see this at the Alamo in Winchester, Virginia, which is, like, fucking way too far away. Um, it's a movie called Funan, and it's um, it's an animated movie. Uh, it's... I, don't, I really don't have any jokes about this. It's about the uh, Khmer Rouge, and it's a fairly brutal movie. Um, and I'm so happy I got to see it, because this is a guy who lived through it, and he's telling a very personal story uh, about the people who survived and the people who didn't survive. And it's one of those movies I wish more people would see. It's not just because not enough people know about the Khmer Rouge, but... All right, Alex, what did you watch? Oh, that was it. That was the baton pass. Yeah. You left the Khmer Rouge movie for last. <laughs> then yeah. you're going to cut out the jokes. So this horrible tragedy happened. Alex, what Bigfoot movie did you watch this week? Yeah, well, you know well. what? That's what you got. Go ahead. What did you watch? <laughs> I guess movies. I learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm just going to start off on... You're lucky I'm, I'm mostly my... retarded and don't know history. <laughs> I'm just going to put my best foot forward here because I watched a movie that I enjoyed more than almost any movie I've ever seen in my life this week. Pete? Have either of you guys ever seen The Wraith? No. No, but your description of it was doing a lot for me. <laughs> All right, let me, uh, let me go ahead and set you up with this. Okay, so we open the uh, Caster Troy's like, henchman from Face Off. Oh, good. And okay. his band of buddies is part of a street racing gang that stops people in the middle of the night and demands to race them. The winner gets the loser's car. If you refuse to race them, he's just going to murder you and rape your girlfriend. Because that's that's just how we're starting this movie off. I see. Once again, best foot forward. Yeah. This sounds like a movie you'd watch. Of course. Of course. Um, now... A couple things you need to know about this movie. Our uh, our villain here, he is absolutely desperate to fuck Audrey from Twin Peaks. Like, just <laughs> constantly. Like, following her around to, like, 80s diners. Like, shit-talking her brother. Like, try to put him in trash cans just to get her to, like, sit down in the car and talk to him. And, you know, this gang, it's, it's, it's a real problem on this town. And Sheriff Randy Quaid is having none of it. I'm sorry, what? 
correct. <laughs> so anyway, um, this guy, you know, he he goes he goes and murders this uh, this dude that Audrey from Twin Peaks is having sex with, like in like mid coitus. So just like him and his goons just pull the guy off, murder him, and stick him in a trunk and push him off a cliff. This is I feel like the best point to mention the names of like his henchmen, who are Skank, Gutter Boy, and Rughead. Now, okay, guys, no, who's who? I, 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 I'm just gonna, gonna, Boy, I'm gonna take Boy. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a time out here. Uh, Chris and anyone listening at home, just do me a favor. Google image search Rughead from the Wraith. <laughs> I'll wait. From the Wraith, spelled like Wraith. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Does he look like that the whole movie? The answer is absolutely. Is, is that Clint Howard? Yes, that is. That Clint Howard. sure is Clint mm, Howard, buddy. That is has a lot to take in. Now, this guy gets murdered. Everyone in the town's sad about it. Really? But luckily, he comes back as a spirit of vengeance. Played by 1986 Charlie Sheen. Good, good. Okay, Claire got my schedule. <laughs> so Charlie Sheen is both absolutely trying to fuck Audrey from Twin Peaks because he's the ghost of this other dude, and also a man in a spacesuit that drives a future car and street races people to death. Okay, okay. This okay. is maybe the most. 80s fucking thing I have ever seen in my life. It is so unbelievably good. It's just street racing and murder and street racing and people having sex and people on skates at a diner and more street racing and more murder. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, like, the entire time during this movie, like, you know, you see, like, the soundtrack for a movie. You're expecting to hear, like, maybe five minutes of all of that audio throughout the movie. This movie, just like, there's like four lines of dialogue and then another 80s song starts. Oh my god! And they are just playing constantly. Like, there's a, there's a scene at the local fast food restaurant set to Addicted to Love. You get some Ozzy. You get some Motley Crue. <laughs> you get uh, some Billy Idol. It is just wall-to-wall fucking 80s songs. I don't want to, like, like, I want to talk about this movie forever, but also... I want everyone to watch The Wraith, so I don't want to ruin it for people. The Wraith is, like, bare minimum four and a half out of five stars. It is so fucking good. Next week's episode, The Wraith. But unironically, I'm willing to watch it again. Because, it, like, I have had I have had so much fun with this movie. It is the most fun thing I have seen since Torque. That does sound like a future episode. <laughs> it's just fucking Charlie Sheen in a spacesuit blowing people away with a shotgun. And then street racing while 80s songs play. It is 10 out of 10. It is so good. All right, so then I watched a movie called Shattered. All right, let me give you the setup here. So Gerard Butler and his wife are, you know... <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, Lincoln. <laughs> Gerard Butler and his wife are, you know, like this this prototypical, like, you know, perfect couple. Like, I mean, nice house. They've got a beautiful daughter. He's moving up at work. He's willing to step over anybody possible to do what he needs to do. You get this nice little, like, five-minute look into his life. They hop into the car one night to go out for whatever shit they have going on. 
They're driving around. A man pops out of the back seat with a gun. It's Pierce Brosnan. That's your movie. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. It's just Pierce Brosnan torturing these people for 90 minutes. He clearly wants something. You don't find out what it is until the last 10 minutes. And that's fine. Because he is just aggressively Irish in this. And it is... It's real good, I'm not gonna lie. Alright, next next week's episode. <laughs> We're filling out the schedule, boys. Alright, so last week Parker watched a movie called Leviathan. Oh, did now, I ever. Some might say that Leviathan is the Armageddon of 1989 movies about aliens encountered on a submarine. And if Leviathan is the Armageddon, the Deep Star Six is absolutely the Deep Impact. What? What the fuck is a Deep Star Six? Well, you see, it is another movie where some dudes in a submarine go to the bottom of the sea, accidentally release an alien, and then get harassed by it in their submarine for an hour and a half. Now, I guess I'll watch it. Whatever. <laughs> this movie is fine. It drags at times, but also it's got a big old animatronic monster that looks real dope, but also clearly they can only put it in scenes that are like half full of water. So every time you see the monster, it's just splashing around, and then it's a close-up of him eating somebody. Like, it's... If you're into, like, 80s creature fare, this is this is solid. It's You can do better with your time, but Parker, you can't do better with your time, because you've probably already seen all the better movies. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> It's down in the trash where I belong. <laughs> Same. That sure to save Miguel Ferrer. Jinkies. Oh, streaming on Amazon Prime. Boy. Correct. I know what I'm doing when we're done. So, because we're doing Tarantino this week, um, I felt compelled to go back and watch Glorious Bastards, which is, in my opinion, the second best Tarantino movie. I'm not going to talk at length about it, because I feel like this is a movie that everybody listening to this podcast have seen. But I laughed unbelievably hard at the scene where Hitler says, who or what is a private butts? <laughs> and I feel like that needs to be mentioned on the record. Because that movie is so much funnier than I ever give it credit for. <laughs> ah, yes, the last survivor of this raid by the bastards, private butts. Who or what? He's in private butts. I don't remember a lot about Inglorious Bastards, but I vividly remember leaning in and going, Is that Mike Myers? Correct. And that's a moment that I'll never get to relive in my life. Watching he this, is this so cool. Down. Also, we were sitting there, and the little lady had never seen it before. We're about an hour 45 deep, and she goes, Wow, it's kind of crazy that there's no feet in this movie. <laughs> And then we get the Bridget Von Hammersmark scene where Christoph Waltz just takes off her shoes. Saving the like... best for last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Sorry I killed your whole family. Let's get a look at those tootsies. <laughs> have either of you seen Blowout? Uh, I, don't... I don't think I have. No, I'm thinking of a different movie. I'm thinking of Blow Up. Uh, okay, yes, very different yeah. movie. Okay, so let me give you the setup for Blow Up. They're blow out. Jesus. You got... <laughs> now my it's on fault. my brain. Okay, so there's this guy. His job is to record shitty sound effects for B-horror movies, right? Oh, my dream. He uh, He's working on some movies. Uh, director chews him out. 
needs to get some new sound effects, because a lot of the shit he's been using is, like, pretty stock for them, despite the fact they don't have a lot of budget. So, he goes to the park to record some spooky night scenes, uh, witnesses a car accident, has all his recording equipment out. Turns out the guy that dies in the car accident is the leading contender for the presidency. And he's got this recording where it sounds like he hears a gunshot right before the tire blows out. Directed by Brian De Palma and starring John Travolta in 1981. So, I mean, it's actually on my list right now. Dude, dude, like... I've heard very good things about it already. (laughs) Have you seen Mission Impossible, the first one? Yes, I've seen Mission Impossible. This is... This is the closest thing I've ever seen to it, which, I mean, of course, when you look at Brian De Palma being involved, it is absolutely good in all of those ways. This is, like, a solid two-thumbs-up recommendation. This movie is so, 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 so good. You get, like, John Travolta when he still had a face. You get John Lithgow murdering prostitutes. Like, it just... This movie, like, blew me away with how good it was. I I cannot recommend it enough. Like you I've will seen have shockingly little De Palma, see a lot more which I will yeah. get into yeah. later. I'll get to it later, buddy. Everything De Palma does is either really good or schlock. So like you're always in the clear picking a De Palma movie. Okay, I was looking through his list. I was like, I've seen like three of these, but I absolutely love all of them. What the yeah. fuck am I doing? Yeah, no, you should absolutely watch Blowout like as soon as possible. Blowout is real, real good. Sir, yes, sir. Watch now on Prime Video. Well, okay. <laughs> You're sensing a trend here. <laughs> I am. You know what? You gotta do what you gotta do. Phone <laughs> Tether does it. what it can. It's fine. So the summer of Squatch has to continue. You guys oh, know. God. Thank you. I watched a movie called Wild Men. <laughs> now, the setup for Wild Men. There's a wildly successful reality TV show where they hunt for Bigfoot. And season two is about to start filming. But this time... They're going to stay out there till they find him. Production costs be damned. That's not how that works. Correct. Okay. Let's now. make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> we're going to take this camera and these lights. We're going to stay here until we find Bigfoot. Like, the fuck you are. So, let me start with the bad. Because this movie thinks it's way funnier than it is. Ugh. But, considering it's a low-budget Bigfoot movie, it's kind of funny. <laughs> um... This movie, Parker, I think you would appreciate it because it leans really, really hard into the reality TV aspects of all of this stuff. Give me. <laughs> like, like, you don't see Bigfoot for, like, over an hour, but also there's, like, all sorts of, like, reality TV confessionals and bickering on this show yes. in the middle of the woods where they search for Bigfoot. Put it and, in my veins. And it is, like, if you're into, like, making fun of ghost adventures, this is clearly a movie that's targeted at you. Like, it's, you know, it's low budget. The Bigfoot looks like shit. You also don't care, because it's just these... It's like, like the whole time, the, the crew, like, is making their own, like, shadow movie with all of the equipment, where, uh, you, like, the camera will stop rolling on the guy running around in the woods going, this is definitely the sound of a Bigfoot. And then it'll just be the crew, like, talking shit and getting drunk, and then someone will throw a rock at the house in the middle of the night, and... Who knows? Maybe it's Bigfoot. But our our series lead is definitely like like they <laughs> they have like some fucking scientist character on the show that all of these shows have, and she's like, "Well, I don't know. This feces could be from a Bigfoot." And he goes, "No bullshit. This is definitely the feces of a squatch." <laughs> I'm a thousand percent watching this movie. Yeah, 
I, I know for a fact you'll appreciate it. So. I scrolling through the IMDb, I cannot help but notice a familiar hat in these pictures. That might have been the impetus for that purchase, buddy. <laughs> I saw that hat. I was like, where the hell could I get that hat? Jokingly. She goes, I don't know. It's probably on Amazon. I Googled it. It is, in fact, on Amazon. And now I own that hat. For our friends at home, our good friend Alex has a Gone Squash and Trucker hat. It is his most prized possession. And <laughs> he'll be there. buried with it. <laughs> Correct. I'm so jealous. How much was it? Like, I don't know, like 15 bucks? That wasn't oh, bad. I'm about to make a stupid yeah. decision. <laughs> 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 Correct. So here's the thing about Tim Burton. Uh-oh. This could go a lot of ways here. Like, we all know that Tim Burton has a bunch of shitty gimmicks that he does in all his movies. It's all the same shit after a while. But when you haven't seen one in, like, five years, it's kind of really, really effective on you. Because I watched Sleepy Hollow for the first time this Dude, week. Oh, hey. I fucking love you Sleepy Hollow. Love Sleepy Hollow is, like, actually real, real yeah. good. Like, there are, there are, like, six scenes in there where I'm just like, oh, fuck. I, I wish this guy never got money to make real movies so he could just make, like, shitty horror movies for the rest it's... of his life. And that movie's fucking like, tanked, but it is so good. Yeah. All of those dream sequences where shit is just happening are, like, stuff of nightmare. 100%. <laughs> I like, love how Christopher Walken's in the movie and has no lines besides, ah! <laughs> <laughs> he's so cool, dude. Big week for Casper Von Dien in this, on this podcast. <laughs> he's in there, yeah. Shout out to a real one. I love Sleepy Hollow with all my heart. That is an every time... It stops being a thousand degrees outside in Texas. Like the soon as the first leaf falls from a tree, it's Sleepy Hollow yeah, time. Every single time I, that happens, it just you go right into your goosebumps opening. You know, oh, that yeah. is the most cozy sweater, hot chocolate ass movie that exists for me. Can't imagine. I had going. never, I had never seen it before, really? and I was thoroughly pleased with it. Yeah, I mean, I huh. I go out of my way to avoid Tim Burton Tim Burtoning it up all over everything. That's the thing is, I like, remember. I think you and I are both really big fans of Big Fish, right? Correct. Yeah, it's I think Tim Burton is extremely hit or miss. I don't know if there's like an exact period where all his stuff just goes completely off the rails. But uh He is extremely talented, but also so him. Yeah, and that's a that is definitely a problem. Uh also he, he actually appears in that uh Walt Disney documentary because he was one of the animators on Fox and the Hound. And boy, he was a nerd back then too. <laughs> I remember Sleep Hell, I desperately wanted to see it as a kid, and they wouldn't let me go to the theater. So it finally premiered on cable, I was so excited. Watch that scene where he goes in that house and kills those people while they're hiding under the floorboards. Turned that shit right off, had nightmares for about two Wait, weeks. Wait, really? It was a good time. Okay, so <laughs> that scene <laughs> fucked my whole life. My, my story with Sleepy Hollow is a little <laughs> bit similar. Like, I saw the previews, I was like, oh, Mom, Dad, can I see that's from the guy who made Nightmare Before Christmas? They're like, no, no, no. This is a Mom and Dad movie. So they left me at home with a babysitter. And they go off and they say, they, they come over like, we have to rent this for you. You gotta see this. <laughs> so I got to watch <laughs> I that. I wanted to see, I was so excited, and that scene was too much I got to, for this guy. I got to see that at the tender age of nine years old. And I have to admit, I actually wasn't what, that scared by it. When he walks out holding that kid's head, I was like, okay, I'm done. I, I don't know. I, I, Back to goosebumps for this guy. <laughs> I have to admit, I, <laughs> I, I think I just thought it was kind of cool. Also, Christopher Walken just going, <laughs> He's real good. It's, 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 it's real solid. Yeah. Who's a, who was I a female lead in that? Was that Christina Ricci? Oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. 
I like her and everything. Which, uh, of course it was, because Tim Burton. Yeah. But I want to watch Sleepy Hollow again now. That's not yeah, a bad idea. It's, it's on the list for future I mean, seasons. It really feels kind of like a Hammer Horror movie with how red the blood is versus everything else. Oh, yeah. And just so much all the old too. British people yeah. showing up. And yeah. our series favorite. <laughs> <laughs> One Jeffords Jones. <laughs> See, Ian in... McDermott as not the Emperor, just being an old British man, that's very weird for me. <laughs> he is in so many things. He is in a lot of things, and he's good in all of them. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of those things is child pornography. You Cannot vouch for it, if he's good or not yeah. in it, but seemed to be pretty effective. Tune in for next week's episode, the Vern Troyer sex tape. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm sick next week. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of horror and existential dread, man, Prince of Darkness is pretty much a perfect movie, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Correct. <laughs> I'm not breaking new ground yeah. here, but, like, fuck. Oh, were you not it the, the been permanent third person when we did that episode? That was a while ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, yeah, we are big fans of that movie here. We've already <laughs> established that that movie is very good. <laughs> My birthday's coming up. There's a strong possibility I'm just going to watch the entire Apocalypse trilogy and not leave the house. That is acceptable. Yeah, that's that's that good. Is, use of your time. That's what I'm aiming for. Like, <laughs> fuck, dude, it's so good. it's like actually one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. That despite having seen it multiple end, times now, will never not get me. I'm really happy yeah. that we got at least one more Dennis Dunn movie. I don't know what he did after this, but it's nice to see him again. That's uh, Alice Cooper's in the one, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh boy, correct. <laughs> your yeah, favorite. I gotta love him. <laughs> Well, he makes all movies good, right? Chris? Oh yeah, he's really right? good in whichever fucking version of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He's gonna pretend he doesn't. Know. I genuinely cannot remember. They all sort of congeal uh-huh. together. Correct. He Welcome was, to my life. He was my, my favorite Phantom of the Park. <laughs> okay, what else Maybe did don't you steal want? your gimmick from a shitty band? Like. <laughs> So oh, Hackers is way funnier than you remember it being. Oh, man. We have the next month of episodes lined up now. I, you know, like, I went into it like, oh, like, I remember, like, being, like, a teenager on the internet growing up and nerds being really mad about this movie existing. And, man, those people are fucking stupid. Correct. <laughs> Hackers fucking rules. <laughs> I think we've learned one thing this week is that Amazon Prime's movie selection is incredible. I exhausted all of the good ones, don't worry. <laughs> so much variety and power in it. Yeah, so Hackers is really good. And, like, I'm not going to talk about it much more than that because I feel like we might be sitting on this one for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Just keep that one in your back pocket. Just, there's there's a fucking scene where the bad guy hacker named The Plague demands a floppy disk from our hero, meets him in the middle of the park to get it, Skateboards out of the black, grabs it from his hand, and skateboards away. Like, <laughs> there are so many skateboards. The entire soundtrack sounds like a, an album by The Prodigy. Like, it is. It's real powerful stuff. The 90s were truly the most powerful decade. There is some breaking heroic... news. The decade I grew up in is actually my favorite decade. No There's some heroic Matthew Lillard in this, dude. He's I mean, just, just assume that any movie with Matthew Lillard in it is on the table for this. You show. tell me that Matthew Lillard is playing a character named Emmanuel Goldstein. Like, how am I not going to watch this? <laughs> Next movie is going to be without a paddle. 
Okay. No. <laughs> you know, it only takes two, Chris. That's cool. If I, I can watch through Scooby Doo two with this guy. I will be busy. <laughs> we'll find time. All right, only a couple more here. Uh, Parker, how long has it been since you've seen The Faculty? Oh, I watched that last year. That movie, really, really good, but also good. <laughs> it is both really good and very good. <laughs> like the, like I, the character introduction for 1990s Elijah Woods is just getting rammed dick first into a flagpole. That's my <laughs> lingering memory of that movie. Just the fact that the cast of high schoolers in this movie is Elijah Wood, Jordana Brewster, that fucking rookie from Ghosts of Mars that gets your head chopped off with saw blades, Josh Hartnett, and Usher. Like It's so powerful. It's with so Famke Jensen as the nerdy teacher who becomes the hot teacher who, who tries to fuck the high school. Fam- like, like, she has one scene as the nerdy teacher and then gets infected by brain worms and just does femdom the rest of the movie. And like, just desperately tries we to We get it, Josh Robert Hartnett. Rodriguez. You have seen Goldeneye. Remember that and, time John Stewart and Salma Hayek get fucking murdered brutally? Hey, buddy, do you know what John Stewart's character name is in this movie? I do not. Professor Edward Furlong. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez is it's, so cool. It's so cool how he's just like Quentin Tarantino's retarded friend. I love who that. Lacks like all of the friends. nuance, but is also like, I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. One of them like went on to like branch out and make all these different genres and one was like what if i made a second machete movie <laughs> i really appreciate it. just like yeah yeah you be you don't pretend to be anything you're not makes sense that he had dame to kill for why not i do have to not say though this movie has maybe the most unrealistic ending of any movie i've ever seen you're trying to fucking tell me that Elijah Wood ends up with Jordana Brewster at the end of this movie. Yeah, the nerd. Fuck right off. We get it. You were a loser that never fucked the hot girl. <laughs> like, don't put oh. the shit in my movies. Oh my god, I forgot about aggressive football coach Robert Patrick. Correct, that movie's buddy. so fucking good. It's, it's real, real good. Just I... put it, like, in a museum and just say... The year 1998, and this is just on loop the entire time. God, this was a Christmas release, too. Can you imagine? <gasps> oh, my God. I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> Soundtrack. First song, The Offspring, The Kids Aren't Alright. I guess That's, I'm watching yeah. this again. Oh, yeah. It, it, it opens with that. Don't worry. Like, it is... God, I'm so excited. It's real, real fucking good. The fact that there's a Soul Asylum version of School's Out for Summer. <laughs> like, I'm almost positive I watched this in the last six months. But, yeah. Just really looking good. at this cast list and remembering, like, oh, yeah, it's all these people. And then Usher's in, like, three scenes. <laughs> really doing a lot for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's real good. And last but not least, <laughs> you boys sat down today and watched Stealth. <gasps> Oh my goodness. Everything you said up in that uh when you talked about the G.I. Joe movie the other day. <laughs> that but like thirty percent longer and with much worse CGI and so many more war crimes. <laughs> the whole movie is just like them flying with this weird AI fighter jet that's like beep boop I must do war crimes and they're like no no computer please don't do any war crimes today 
And then he just, like, nukes some village in Afghanistan. <laughs> like, it is... Huh, Absolutely. 2005, you say? Weird. It is perplexing that this movie managed to not only exist, but have the budget that it has. Because, dear God, it is unwatchable. Some might say this ruined Jessica Biel's career. Those people would be correct, because it is a horrible movie that she is horrible in. And I would not <laughs> cast her in anything after this. Man. Also, that, this are is... you serious with that budget? This is the first movie Jamie Foxx did after Collateral. <laughs> Here's $135 million. Get in there, Jamie. Just, you know, tell some quips while you commit genocides. Dude, stealth fucking sucks so much. And then the computer, who has somehow gained sentience from flying around bombing brown people, sacrifices itself to save the guy at the end. <laughs> <laughs> It Man, is... we were fucking on one from like 2002 to 2009. We were we were working through some things as a country. I was hoping this would be so much funnier than it was, but also it was real funny. So <laughs> that that runtime is just that runtime almost made me turn it off. Because like when I paused it to go pee and saw that I, I was only 45 minutes in, and they were still pussyfooting around this romance between whoever the fuck the, the lead actor is and Jessica Biel, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just do something else in my afternoon. Man, just even scrolling through the pictures at the top, that CGI somehow manages to stand out. It... Like, they're just flying over the ocean, and yet it looks like absolute dog shit. Well, the planes just look fucking horrible. And it's doubly crazy, you know, now that we have this fantastic technology called the F-35 that totally works <laughs> and isn't made up. Feels like you'd want to get the planes right. You would, you would think that if you're making a movie that is, like, supposed to be, like, a spiritual successor to Top Gun, that you would at least make the planes look decent. But, nope. Ah, from the director of The Fast and the Furious in X, And also the Hurricane Heist. <sighs> Future episode, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You want to talk about some accents in that movie? Oh, I yeah. felt seen. <laughs> All right, Parker, what did you watch? Oh, that says 50 minutes. We'll just cut through a couple of these. So I watched the Twilight Zone movie for the first time in many, many, many years. That is half of a very good movie. Pretty much, yeah. Thanks a lot, thanks a lot John Landis, for committing a series of negligible murders. Because not only does that segment just suck ass, it is the most ham-handed. Hey, guys, so, uh, racism's bad. Thanks, don't John. don't say, buddy. Knocked it it's, out of the park. It's very brave of him to put that on screen, you know. And then he just fucking kills Vic Morrow and two kids. So I was like, how do we end it? I don't know. Just racism's bad. You're welcome. <laughs> so that happens. Like, everyone involved, like, all the other directors. They like, all, all look the same. <laughs> Originally, Spielberg was going to do the... What's it called here? The Monsters of Drew on Maple Street, which is like a top ten episode. But that segment involves a lot of filming at night with kids and special effects. So he decided against it because John Landis murdered two children, allegedly, but also not allegedly. So instead, he did Kick the Can, which sucks a barrel of assholes. Here's the message. Hey, guys. It's okay to grow up and be old. 
Being old's actually cool. So 50 minutes of absolute dog shit. But then the last two slap very, very hard. Joe Dante's is really good. And George Miller's version of the fucking something on the wing of the plane with John Lithgow as the William Shatner role. Oh, Real shit. good. Very, yeah, very is... strong. You can skip straight to the third and fourth segments. You don't have to watch anything else. They are very good. That's the great part about anthologies. You can just skip half of a fucking that's movie. Why, that's why they're my favorite. I go like, oh, no, that one sucks. On to the next one. Yeah, like, I didn't realize for the longest time that was a George Miller segment that they had all these horror directors and then just also the Mad Max guy to do the best segment in the movie. Very good. It's fucked up that he made three Mad Max movies that all ripped off Fury Road. You absolutely hate to see it, to be honest. Another thing I hated to see... Sometimes you just go through Netflix and you're looking at titles and you see Chernobyl Diaries. Well, this probably sucks ass. <laughs> and then you hit play and then you realize it's found footage. And then you realize, you know what? I'm going to stick this out. Why not? So, do you remember back in the late 2000s, Five Second Films, the YouTube yeah, series? I remember that. Unfortunately. Take a guess as to which person that starred in all those is in a movie. Wrong answer. The correct answer is the one with large boobs. Oh. Because, of course. So, this movie is about a one-star movie. However, I gave it two stars. Because there's because a scene. Boobs. I got it. Correct. Where they're in Chernobyl. They're supposed to be in this abandoned building. And they hear a noise. And they're all scared, it's tense and quiet, and they're looking down this long, dark hallway. Then a fucking bear runs out. <laughs> and I laughed so hard that it got an extra star. The movie itself sucks ass, you can't see anything. It's poorly lit, everyone's terrible. But that bear jump scare made me laugh so fucking hard that it has stayed with me throughout this week. Now, RIP to a real one. We lost Rucker Howard this week. So I revisited The Hitcher, and that movie absolutely fucks. But not in like an ironic way or a silly way. That is one of his legitimate best performances. It is so fucking good, and no one has seen it because in America it was distributed by HBO Films, so good luck finding it anywhere. But it is so fucking good. It's gorgeous. The cinematographer went on to do Fury Road, so it looks good as shit. And... Here's what's not good. It's The Hitcher 2. <laughs> now, here's Is the thing. Hour in this? He's not. Oh. Would you like to take just a number of guesses as to who plays the titular Hitcher this time around? Nicolas Cage. What she meant to say was Jake Busey. Oh. <laughs> If you want to know how the movie is, there's a scene where Jake Busey cuts off his own finger and then throws it into a deep fryer and yells, BAM! Kicking it up a notch. So, it's not very good. But sometimes you go to IMDb Trivia and you read, The moment during the finale in which, character's name, flies her aircraft into the cab of Jake Busey's truck was shot at dawn on 9-11-2001. <laughs> <laughs> These people filmed a scene where she crashed a plane, turned on the news, and then just all went home for like a week. <laughs> so, 
So I wanted to watch more Roger Howard, but we don't, we've talked as much about Blade Runner as we possibly and Valerian. could. We don't have to keep bringing <laughs> up really Valerian. Thousand planets. He was absolutely in Valerian, a city of a thousand planets. Yeah, I counted them all thousand. <laughs> I watched a powerhouse performance of his called Hobo with a Shotgun. Y'all, are either of you familiar? Of course. Who hasn't seen uh, Hobo yes. with a Shotgun? so for those who don't know uh, when Grindhouse came out there was a little competition and Hobo with a Shotgun that trailer won so it was featured mostly in Canadian showings it didn't play everywhere but that little trailer got played and he got funding for a full movie so they cast Rudger Hauer and it gets gets the point of the Grindhouse parodies more than any of the movies in Grindhouse honestly (laughs) Like, it's, everything's turned up to, like, 20, except Rudger Hauer, who's playing it deadly serious 100% of the time. It is so good. It is so violent. The end of the movie is him getting the bad, <laughs> the bad guy down, putting the gun in his face and saying, you and me are going on a car ride to hell. You're riding shotgun and blowing his head off. <laughs> it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And since it's Canadian, of course, the opening scene is Ricky from Trailer Park Boys getting beheaded. (laughs) It's quite good. So speaking of De Palma and how I've barely seen any De Palma, I watched Dress to Kill. Ooh. Why have I not seen this movie before? Why did I not know Michael Caine was in it? Why did I not know it was basically Psycho until the end of the movie? Why did it take me that long to piece this together? But yeah, I will be... Now that I've seen that, I will absolutely be watching Blowout. You are going to fucking love Blowout. I feel just like a little piece of shit, because I've seen Mission Impossible, Carrie, and Phantom of the Paradise. And that is it. <laughs> so I need to fully branch out. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention. So I just watched Planet Terror and Death Proof back to back. Oh, what a good experience. Because I have... I have the Grindhouse Blu-ray where it's got those on the same disc and all the trailers in yes. between. What a powerful experience. It is the absolute yeah, my, best uh, theater experience I ever had in my life. It is one of my biggest movie regrets that I didn't see it in the theater. I desperately wish I could have gone back and seen it. I laughed so hard throughout Planet Terror. <laughs> it's quite good. It's just still to this day seems like I get why you end on Death Proof, but also I feel like... <laughs> That movie does not fit at all whatsoever. We're going to make these crazy boggers movies. So these bras are just going to drive around for like I, I an have hour. A feel, I have a feeling that's like kind of the point, because that's how Double Features were. It's like, yeah, and uh, also this movie, too. But it's worth oh. it for one of the top five car chases of all time. And also, Kurt Russell just having the most undignified death I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's just screaming and crying as they beat him to death. It is very good. I mean, I, it does actually make sense because every single movie I've seen that like showed in grindhouses is absolute dog shit. So I guess it makes sense. Like, oh, it's a cool looking poster. Let me watch this. Oh, this fucking sucks. So yeah, I get it. I mean, I do not hate Death Proof. A lot of people hate Death Proof. I'm not one of those. I people. don't really. I like I Death Proof. I don't yeah. see how anyone yeah. could really hate it. You know, I mean that that watching the scene goes on forever, but you know, it is. I, I assume that you thought it would be the last movie in my Tarantino rankings, and you would be oh, wrong, no. because it is, in oh, fact, I, Kill Bill 2. I, I know it's Kill Bill. I know you. <laughs> Even I haven't seen Kill Bill 2. 
You can keep it that way. It's fine. I have almost no memory of Kill Bill 2, but you know what? I'm good. Let's see here. Since we're running long, skip that and that. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> a movie on the list, Christopher. Oh, boy. It's called House. Wait, is Houseu, it's the n- Japanese one? No. <laughs> nope. Oh, no. <laughs> the English one. It's not very good. A movie that's even worse is the sequel. But here's the thing about the sequel. The movie sucks total ass, but it's called House 2, colon, The Second Story. <laughs> so, three stars. <laughs> it's just, I don't make the rules, but they suck I'm pretty the sure you don't even need to watch it with a, with a subtitle like that. That's the best one I've ever I did. Here was the one note I took during the opening credits. Surely that's not the same Bill Maher. <laughs> Spoilers! It is. Not recommend. Um, oh, I skipped a lot of that stuff. Oopsies. I'll talk about it another time. I will end with... I watched a movie called Lords of Chaos, which is a biopic. A musical biopic on the fucking sweaty Norwegian fail-son nerds that started black metal. It is the funniest thing that this subgenre that takes itself so, so super seriously is just the biggest group of satanic D&D losers that just were constantly, like literally one was like, yeah, I open up this badass record shop. It's just his rich dad bought him a record shop so him and his loser friends could drink and listen to shitty music. <laughs> like they all take themselves so super seriously. They think they're all dark and mysterious. And then one of them just starts burning down the churches. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, you know people get brutally murdered it does not have a happy ending for most people involved but it's always struck me as funny because most metal people are so serious it's like she's a couple 17 year old norwegian frail little dweebs who just needed to be shoved in lockers absolute fail sons all of them living off their parents money buying shitty guitars making shitty music a wonderful time Better than Bohemian Rhapsody. All right, boys, what are we talking about uh, this week? Do we want to take uh, <laughs> a potty break? Absolutely. God bless. I skipped so many movies. Oh, oh man. What actually happened in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I should look at that plot. Yum, yum, yum. What if I just start calling him Emily Hirsch? <laughs> huh?
boned. Take that, nerd. Such an Emily. Yum. Yum, 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 yum. I didn't think this would fit on the episode, but do you want to know a not-so-fun fact about The Hitcher? Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. So, like, a whole reading you can do of the movie, kind of like The Shining, is that Rutger Hauer isn't real. Like, he's just this dude in this guy's head. Then he's the one actually doing all the murders. And there's a point early on where Rutger Hauer just, like, puts a knife in the kid's face, and he's like, all right, now say I want to die. Cut to, like, 20 years later, the writer of said movie is driving, and he blacks out, and it just drives into a fucking building, kills two people, snaps back into it, realizes what happened, and tries to kill himself. Life imitates art, friends. Alright, so are we ready to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <laughs> I was going to fit on the show whatsoever. <laughs> but I learned about that like 20 minutes before we started, and it's all I've been able to think about. Oh, boy. Um, holy shit, that was James Remar? Wait, where? Yeah, what? he played Ugly Owl Hoot, a villain on Bounty Law. He was a... Man, there is... Oh my god. Yeah, he was agent. There's so many people. Ugly Owl Hoot. Jesus. Okay. Uh, you guys ready to talk about the main movie? There is a lot of... Why is Emil Hirsch video? fourth build? I don't know. What is he's, this? He, he's the cuck guy. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, let's let's Same. talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So before we actually GM talk West. about the, the movie feet, we maybe we should talk a little bit about Quentin Tarantino. Feet. Sure. Uh, so Quentin Tarantino is a, a Hollywood director. He has made a number of movies. Uh, he's very cool and normal and not at all weird. There's nothing feet. strange about this guy. Now, he's very regular. I'd, I'd say. Little piggies. Um, for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, I'll say I, I like his movies. Uh, I think they're awfully distinctive and not the same way that a Tim Burton movie is distinctive, but uh, I, I, I like his movies again for the most part. I, I, I like uh, Pulp Fiction a lot. That was one of the first like HD movies I saw. I was like, oh wow, this is really cool. So watch some more stuff from him. Turns out I don't like Reservoir Dogs as much as everyone else, but it's it's pretty good. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Like even the ones that I don't like as much, I would still take over most movies I watch. Yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah. Like, I will take Kill Bill 2 over most martial arts movies I've seen anyways. That says a lot more about If nothing else, I at least I know I'm in good hands. Like, I I at least know that everything is going somewhere and has a point, and, like, there's not just going to be some studio oversight where, like, oh, no, no, this eight-minute side plot actually doesn't matter. Yeah. Because, like, Kill Bill's not great, but I appreciate it. No, he's probably just seen 400 of these movies. Like, this isn't just, like... Oh, these are making money now, so I'm going to make this. Like, No, this is like decades upon decades of sitting all holed up in his house watching 30mm prints of these weird-ass dub karate yeah, movies. I, I would I say there's it. like three things that uh, Quentin, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino really, really likes. One, casting himself saying the N-word. Two, feet. And three, feet. feet. I mean, movies. Feet. So, like... The left foot and <laughs> the also right foot, the yeah. right foot. <laughs> and uh, ten more for the toes. Make a little hitchhiker Beat. there. Anyway, um, I, I don't think I can possibly do a top five Quentin Tarantino. 
uh, thing because I don't even know if I've seen five of his movies. Uh, but um, I I like this one. That's a okay. That's not required viewing for somebody with a movie podcast. Yeah, You're fine. It's that's the thing is everyone else gets uh, so I don't know they kind of get up their own ass about Quentin Tarantino. I've seen a lot of very bizarre criticisms and very bizarre praises of him. I just think he is a very good director. I don't know if he's one of the greatest of all time, but he's he's very good, and I like his movies. And Hollywood is better for having had him. I don't know if he's one of the greatest, but the realization, like, oh, there might just be one more of these, and that's it, was weighing very heavily on me I, later. Like, oh, there might be a Star Trek, and then nothing ever again was a lot to take I, I in. I think, like, the nicest thing I could say about this movie is it's nice to see someone's personal vision get put on the screen, and it's really popular, and it makes a whole lot of money, because I don't think that happens as often as it possibly could, but, uh... If it's for, well, oh, let me read the ticket here. The Lion King just crossed a billion dollars. Oh, yeah, Chris. see, that's that's exciting yeah, for you. I'm a big fan. Uh, Future episode, oh, right? Totally, yeah. Uh, for this, uh, I'm I'm really happy I got to see it. I'm really happy that something like this is going to make a lot of money. I'll probably get a whole lot of awards for it. Uh, yeah, I, I again, I had a good time. Uh, any other thoughts on Quentin Tarantino? We could just move into the movie. Just a cool, normal dude. There's nothing weird about him. He's cool. His friends are cool. His business partners are cool. I just, I just want Parker to look on the bright side. Like, even if we only get one more of these Tarantino movies, we're gonna have another couple dozen Robert Rodriguez. I watch movies. I watch movies. Movies too. So, doesn't he You're just fine. make kids movies You're fine. at this point? I, he either does that or like really, really hard R rated movies. Uh. I do kind of respect that he just launched his own TV network, and if he turned it on at any time of day. It's either like an, a kung fu movie from the seventies or wrestling. It's like all right, well, or the From Dust Till Dawn TV series, which is a thing he's just apparently. Streamcasting what's playing in his house to this TV network. He's just running my Plex server. <laughs> I don't appreciate it. Okay, let's let's get into what actually happens in the movie. It's uh, it's about an aging film Good star luck. named Rick Dalton. Uh, set in nineteen sixty nine, and he's an alcoholic, and he's sort of fallen from grace. Nice. Here. And uh, he's uh, he's got his uh, stunt double played by Brad Pitt, and uh, they're they're both you know trying to make it through Hollywood. Man, he's trying to rediscover his life, and Brad Pitt's sort of helping him out there. Meanwhile, there's this really cool friend named uh, Charles Manson who lives somewhere nearby on Spawn Ranch. Uh, do you think they had the clown from that movie in this? Uh, <laughs> no, I do not think John Leguizamo. <laughs> However, in that movie, John uh-huh. Leguizamo is under five five. Do you think Sharon Tate would have smanged it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, who who could resist? In the cheerleader outfit and everything, and along the way, how did I know? How did I know you weren't going to move on without mentioning the cheerleader? Now, outfit? here's the thing: eagle-eyed viewers of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will notice a subtle recurring theme with bare feet. I actually didn't notice this at all. You guys are pointing this out to me for the first time. Like, there were feet in this movie? I thought everybody just walked around on their knees. secretly, (laughs) so secretly, people don't know, Quentin Tarantino has admitted that he has a foot fetish, which is one of those weird fetishes that you can sort of get away with, you know? It's better than other fetishes, like, I don't know, being dominated or pedophilia. Uh, So... You know, he he had that one. Well, when you move the goalposts <laughs> yeah. like that, yes, I'm I'm inclined oh, you know, to agree. Dom subs, 
fucking yeah. kids. You know. To me, those are all the same. Anyway. Uh, sometimes you have a safe word, sometimes you're in Beetlejuice. You know, things yeah. happen. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> really? That's where we're going with this? Anyway. Uh, I think he appeared on that one like talk show or whatever, uh, and he he took off a woman's shoe or something like that, and drooled all over it, and people in the audience weren't sure whether to cheer for it. <laughs> He's so subversive. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of like a running joke. It's like uh, Quentin Tarantino really likes feet, running. and like, oh, we'll go watch this movie and make jokes about it. There were so many feet in this. Hey, jokes on you, huh? This is a man who knows he's almost done with movies, so he's going to hire Margot Robbie just to put those toesies up right in just center frame, in focus, clear as day. Forbes needs dialogue when you could instead do that. Smile at the screen and wiggle your big toe. <laughs> this is like, that's the thing, it's like the way it focuses, it's like you can see more of her feet than you can of the screen when it's showing the wrecking crew starring the real Sharon Tate, rest in peace. I know. It's so delicious. Like, I brought the other Alex uh, with me to see the theater, and Parker and I sort of planned it as, like, a little gag. It'd be like, oh, I'll, like, I'll, like, grab her arm every single time a bare foot is on screen. Her arm is probably bruised now, because... <laughs> I tried to... Y'all thought I was a There's so many bare feet. I was doing, like, the wolf from Looney Tunes thing, going, ooh, I was, like... I was, like, doing, like, my heart beating out of my chest. I would, I was, <laughs> when she first takes off her feet in the theater, I was, like, pointing at the screen and whispering really loud, Look! Look! Look, that's funny. You pulled her foot out. Oh, we're only 15 minutes in. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. I almost, like... You hate I, to see I it, I almost folks. walked out of the theater in a huff when, uh, when she, put, she takes her feet down, and uh, she had to pull me back in. And we were sort of running out of jokes. By that point, the, the character pussy cat just crams both of her big toes right up against the windshield and i'm starting to like how to live like i what are, i can't even make a joke about please. this just please take a bath and wash the undersides of your feet please no it's better if they're oh dirty. maybe i could just give them a little tongue bath here <laughs> one thing i will give this movie credit for is feet. how much it fucking hates hippies oh yeah same yeah. very aggressive <laughs> And I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, one more foot joke, please, because I know you're trying to get us off Feet. that subject. <laughs> uh, is I I like how at one point someone said, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to step on your lines," and I I gave like a little moan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the hippies. Yes, thank you. I was so sick of the character Pussycat. Holy shit! Will you will you just like shut up, please? Feet. I'm so sick of all hippies. Feet. In any context, yes, ever. absolutely. Never made any good music. Uh, never made any good movies. Correct. Besides this, I guess. Um, and then you go to Spawn Ranch. So when Brad Pitt walks into that shack, You're skipping over an hour. No, that's, that's a movie. An yeah, it is. I, yeah, I kind of want to just jump around in this movie. I I don't know. Do we really want to go like scene by scene? We don't have to. I don't care. That I. It is already three. Exactly. Again, I was like, why do I have to fucking follow the, like the entire thing here? Anyway, like I, Feet. I, I just want to talk about since we're on the subject of hippies, so it logically follows dipshit. Uh, when he walks into the house Feet. and Squeaky From is there, played by Dakota Fanning, who points with her bare foot. Thank you. She sure yeah. does. So when he walked into that house, did anyone else think, oh, he's absolutely going to get shot, right? 
Then turns out <laughs> a thousand percent. I thought he was dead. Stern is there. Uh, better him than he's facing the wall. Like I was so fucking tense. Like what is going to happen when he turns? Him? Oh, she's Bruce Stern. He's yeah, sleepy. I thought there's no way they're going. Okay, oh, he's man. just there. They were telling the truth about Bruce Stern. Huh. Okay. Oh, he really is taking a nap so they can watch FBI tonight. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's one of the moments where I was like, oh, the real history makes me believe there's not really any tension in this scene. But it's Quentin Tarantino, so clearly I'm wrong. Anyway, he walks out of there, and uh, I I like the scene where he beat the shit out of that guy for putting a knife in his tire. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Fuck that hippie. Fuck all hippies, really. He looks so proud. He looked like their hippie friend from Workaholics. He just got the (laughs) dog shit beat out of him. (laughs) Fix it. Uh, I... I, I wish Walton Goggs had been in the movie for more than just that one scene, but, you know. God, yeah, same, but most movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, well, what else should we talk Okay, let's talk about the cuck guy. <laughs> oh, fuck yes. <laughs> I think it's really important that we talk about Emily Hirsch. and uh, The cuck guy who was just introduced by the dude from Homeland. <laughs> yeah. And his one scene in the movie should be like, Alright, so she's married to Cut Guy, and then she divorced him to marry that dude dressed like Austin Powers, and now all three of them live together. Bye, movie. <laughs> it's it's very such a flex, weird. dude. It's, it's so just to build up. I'm just scrolling through this cast, and like 20th build, like, oh, yeah, you're like a leading person. <laughs> sure, why not? Oh, yes, you're one of the main characters from The Haunting of Hill House, just down here amongst the other hippies. Sure. It's. I, I can't get over, like, the way that they introduce it, because the way he's described, like, really? Really? We're just going to do that? Like, we have a word for that. That's become more and more used since 2016. Uh, <laughs> I, I like how that guy gets more screen time than Roman Polanski. Yeah, who's the real cut, Chris? <laughs> yeah, you may be fucking her, but I'm on screen more, so, you know, who's who's, who's winning the clout wars? Well... <laughs> You know, Roman, this clout shit's funny to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I guess uh, we can talk about some of the individual performances. I really like Leo in this. I think this is one of his better performances. So, it's actually, I think, the biggest problem with the movie. He's too good for this movie. Like, too good for the role that he should be, like, he's supposed to be playing. It actually kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit. I I am not saying that I want to see Mark Wahlberg in this movie, but let's just say an actor of his caliber that is less. Okay, tell him. you what, let's, let's Mark Wahlberg tell and you Jason. What, let's compromise. How about Donnie Wahlberg? Yeah, deal. Uh, I also uh, you'll be seeing some prime Donnie Wahlberg content whenever you uh you know do your homework. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that. I'll do um, it later. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, I like Brad Pitt in this, which is the first time I've ever said those words. Um, I'm sorry. I, what? I've Wait, been what? pretty clear Back that up. like I really don't love Brad Pitt. Um, I don't think he's anywhere near as good of an actor as people say that he is. But counterpoint: Did you see when he took his shirt uh, off? Yeah. Good point. The yeah. Fuck out of my apparently, face. they got a standing ovation at Cannes. <laughs> I am. I am not going to start standing. a fight an hour and twenty minutes into this podcast. So. Uh, I'm, I'm just not really into his acting. I will fist fight like, you. Like, have you him. not seen Moneyball? It's, fine. it's I, fine. I have not seen Moneyball. I don't feel like watching Moneyball. I've seen him in good movies. I've seen him give good performances. I just don't. I, I think he's a little bit overrated. 
but this one I, I I quite liked him in. I liked him in it uh, a lot. Um, I have like I've spent my entire week bitching about how Brad Pitt never gets the credit he deserves, and you're just like, no, actually, overrated. no, I think he is it's overrated. Fine. It's I've fine. Completely, uh, I'm serious about that. I'm not just making this up to just to get a hot take. I know, I know yeah, you're not. It's, I'm just that's... not really into him. Uh, the other person, I guess, uh, might as well say Margot Robbie did a great job as Sharon Tate, and she does a good job in most of the things that she's in. Um, the notable exception. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, actually, she's the best part because she takes her shoes off. <laughs> yeah, uh, she does that uh, multiple times. Thanks for nothing. I think one of the things that I think the movie does really well uh, is it shoots it and it looks like 1969 for a lot of it. Not just like the fashion and the hair, but sometimes it's just the way that the characters look, like the physicality of the way that they move. And Alex knows like the same thing too while we were watching it and. And I think it just sort of adds to the realism of the movie, and it makes it a little bit more likable that way. I mean, as someone who could not give a shit about that time period, I was having so much fun just living in it with these characters. Skip, you know I'm passionate about hating the 60s and 70s. <laughs> but I could have watched another three hours of them just just doing their day-to-day oh, lives. Can you imagine if this movie was set in the 70s? Oh, just... Man way out on that one i would skip disgusting. this disgusting <laughs> even tarantino doesn't hate us that much he hates us a little bit i mean of all the of, he hates us a of lot all the tarantino <laughs> gimmicks he could have gone with i'm glad he went with feed over casting himself saying the n-word i can't wait for those deleted scenes <laughs> oh no <laughs> apparently tim roth was in those those hippies are... those scenes. tim roth the king of never being in a prominent role you hate to see it no, I'm not going to be in those Harry Potter movies. This Planet of the Apes thing is going to take off. <laughs> oh, jeez. What do you mean I'm on a show on Fox now? Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. Oh, did, did anyone have... Okay, excluding the climax, did anyone have a favorite scene they want to talk about? Because one of my favorite scenes is uh, when Leo really gets it together and gives that really great performance and that little girl whispers in his ear, that's the best acting I've ever seen in my life. I That really tugged at my heartstrings. That little girl is absolutely the best actor in this movie. <laughs> I really like the scene they shot before that where he fucks up his lines. And I realize, like, oh, this has been one take. And the camera yeah. goes all the way back to the start and it goes against. It, I did not realize until that moment. And, like, holy shit. Apparently, <laughs> Leo's pretty good at movies. Apparently, huh? Leo had a really tough time playing a bad actor. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I. Again, like, I know I just brought this up, but that's like. I feel like is the thing that really stands out in my mind is like what took me out of the immersion of this movie is like you can't sell me Leo DiCaprio as a washed up actor I don't believe it <laughs> he does I think he does a good job I, I like the stutter that he had too I thought that was a nice little addition to the role I, I that was stealing valor from me and my people <laughs> What are you talking about? He wasn't bald. No. Oh, never mind. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, if, if we're talking about other scenes that we want to bring up, we have to talk about that Bruce Lee scene. Hey, but see, is... we, if we want to talk about the Bruce Lee scene, we can just go straight to it. Also, not enough Kurt Russell. Minus yeah, one star. also true. So I here's, I guess, the big argument of the podcast. I hated the Bruce Lee scene, mostly because I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan, and there's no way Bruce Lee gets his ass kicked by a white guy. Come on. It was a well, dream sequence. That was the yeah, point. Still. Also, if he's so strong, why is he dead? Yeah. Oh, Check, yeah, yeah. mate. Yeah. Oh, I can't eat my veggies. Shut up. Uh, he was... <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't this the thing that I liked about it the most? Was uh, 
that was a really, really good impression of Bruce Lee. That was an incredible. I, just, I love the idea of Chris sitting in the theater, pounding his hands on the armrest, going, "Not real, not no, real." I did not do that. I pounded <laughs> my hands on the armrest. Whenever he got there beat was, up in a I dream. Was looking for the feet. <laughs> he never went barefoot. Like everything about that kind of sequence and the sequences around it, with the with just the reveal forty five minutes in of. Hey, killed his fucking wife, and you're like, wait, <laughs> what? And it's then you never get that flashback of him on the boat, and she's nagging him, and he's just staring at her, holding a yeah. harpoon, and then it cuts away, and it's never. Mentioned I actually again. hated that scene because it's there were so... no pirates in it. Yeah, fair. Ah. <laughs> I can see how you're weak. Yeah, color it, that. it just ruined my. Oh, what? Come on, I want someone with an eye patch. Like, that seems not as funny if they ever call back. Oh, right, it's an yeah. almost three-hour yeah. movie that happened in the first 45 minutes, and it's never brought yeah. up again. And he a thousand percent <laughs> harpooned his wife off a boat and got yeah. away with it. <laughs> and everyone in town knows it. It's like, God, oh, this is pretty good looking out. Wasn't in movies? Oh, because everyone knows he killed yeah. his wife. I got it. The reason that I love that scene so much is because you're making a movie about Hollywood, like and being who Quentin Tarantino is and the circles that he's run in, I feel like you almost have to have a scene like that. Like, if you're saying, like, hey, Hollywood kind of sucks, like, you need that scene, and it was done in, like, the most tasteful way possible while also being funny. So... Tarantino's been making Weinstein movies since, like, 94. He can exactly. lead you to yes. several yeah, he... unmarked yeah. graves. Correct. Uh, for the for the Bruce Allegedly. Lee scene, it was actually really nice seeing Zoe Bell again. Uh, I like her a lot. Uh, Parker, I'm sure you liked her a lot in Death Proof. Yeah. I did. She's great. And she's just... it's a great. She's a great stunt woman. And stunt people getting prominent roles is very and, good And uh, she was the... Because, you know, they just they just constantly die on set and no one... There really should be a category for fair. them at the Oscars. Not as if I care about the Oscars at this point. But uh, apparently Zoe Bell was the actual stunt coordinator for the movie... And boy, she must have had her work cut out for her in a number of scenes. Because, uh, <laughs> oh goodness, we'll get to the end. I think we will have to mark that with spoilers. I cannot wait to talk. Yeah. I've been waiting. I saw this on Friday. <laughs> I've not stopped thinking about the end of this uh, movie. I, I, I want to so save it for a little bit later. I want to make sure we hit any other points in the movie that we need to talk about. Okay, we hit the cuck guy. So, <laughs> he's, oh, he's just <laughs> okay. Yeah, but when you guys break up, I'm gonna be right there to catch you. <laughs> he's like, oh, he'll just swoop in when he screws up. Now, who would ever think that Roman Polanski is gonna screw up? Roman Polanski, who has never made a mistake uh, in his entire life. We just want to clarify life. that under no circumstances <laughs> do you have to hand it to him. <laughs> Uh, anyway, before I started uh, pounding on the table and demanding feats, uh, would we see Roman Polanski in that pirate uh, outfit, that little fucking uh, Austin Powers dress-up thing? He is so I, frilly. I literally said out loud in the theater, what the fuck? And uh, <laughs> no one raised a warning card because I'm pretty sure they agreed with me. <laughs> It's a visceral reaction. It's, I couldn't help it. He is full Austin Powers. You see, Chris, they couldn't raise their warning cards because they knew that might violate the NAP, and there was a pit bull lurking in the Oh, I guess scene. we have to talk about There's the pit bull. The first scene, when he goes to his little trailer, and he's like, I got a surprise for you, and, and like holds out that sack. Immediate thought is, what if there's a baby, baby in there? <laughs> a baby in a bag. My brain is useless. So, one of the praises of this movie, um, I think we should save some of our pit bull takes for later on for the climax. Um, It'll be a real yeah. good time. Uh, we should talk about <laughs> one of the praises I keep seeing for this. I think 
I think Will Menneker uh, on Twitter said uh, this is one of his favorite things about the movie is the driving sequences. It's a really, really good driving movie with the music and like the scenery and everything. And I agree with it for the most part. However, there is no way that anyone could drive their car that fast in LA because the traffic would not allow it. Come the fuck on. That's the thing about everyone in Hollywood I, who buys like those muscle cars and then they can't drive it more than 35 miles an hour because the traffic is so fucking horrendous. I had the realization, because there's so much driving in this movie, like, how many man hours does it take to get that many of these cheap-ass cars on a, cl- not cheap, old-ass cars on a closed-down road with, like, vintage signs anywhere? How much time and effort goes into these shots that realistically don't matter, because this movie's almost three hours long? Some people take their craft very seriously, and then some people make the Hitcher 2. <laughs> so what we're saying is this movie is noticeably different from The Hitcher 2, starring Jake Busey. J- Jake Busey's not <laughs> no. in this film. Better movie, maybe. Jake Busey should have yeah, been rigged off. <laughs> there you go. We reach a consensus. See you guys next week for the faculty. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, one of the other things I liked about it is I, I did like that they mentioned spaghetti westerns, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, Parker, this should be like some sort of like kicker to get you go watching more westerns. I don't know if you'll be that into them, but... Uh, nah, that's not going to happen. But you can watch Dead 7. It's technically a horror movie, probably on the list somewhere. I have. <laughs> Why do you think I need to recommend it to you? <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> Solidarity, oh, brother. I also think westerns are bullshit. Oh, <laughs> I like you. westerns. Uh, My favorite part of movies is for the three hours and nothing happens. Yeah, there was so much of this movie that I was like, man, I would appreciate this so much more if I didn't think westerns sucked ass. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, what there's are you going to so do? There's so much attention to detail, but also, there's no genre movie I care about less than oh, westerns. Oh, what a shame. I like westerns. Okay, was there anything in this movie that you guys, like, really, really hated? No, I mean, it was a little long, but I, there's... Even if I put this near the bottom of his movies, which I'm not sure if I do, it's still better than most of what I've seen this year in yeah, theaters that, or at home. Yeah, that's almost exactly how I feel. Like, this movie is disjointed as shit, and you have no idea where it's going for, like, two solid true, hours. Yeah. Which and, kind of pays off. You're like, where's this going? And then you see it, and you're like, oh! Yeah, well, but okay. the, the thing is, because, like, it's a Tarantino movie, and if you've seen a Tarantino movie before, you know it's going somewhere, and you know to just like buckle in yeah. and wait. And that you're like n- these loose ends are not gonna left like le- not gonna be left undealt with. Like, and you'll get callbacks to things that you almost forgot happened, like Chekhov's flamethrower. Oh. <laughs> so I remember distinctly <laughs> thinking like two hours in, like, how is all this gonna come together? And then it did. But that's, that is a thing. It's a good point that Quentin Tarantino movies usually have a point where they're going to. And I also uh, remember, there's like, there's no way they're just going to leave that hanging, even though Charlie Manson's only in the movie for 40 seconds. It's pretty funny. <laughs> he was like, all the, the outrage before a tr- even a trailer came out of like, these brutal murders, these really happen. It's like, he just like shows up and he's like, hey, wrong house. He's like, oh, far out. And then you never <laughs> see him again. It's it's like actually so dope that like it's clearly meant as a diss because like you can tell that Tarantino's like man fuck this guy I'm just gonna like make him a throwaway character in this movie that he is ostensibly all about like it, it's you can tell shit like that is intentional in his movies that he's just like yeah you know what I don't like this person so I'm just gonna spite the shit out of them by cutting their screen time when they're played by a different person in a hundred other movies he is a looming presence in the background of like every scene. But here, there's like 
fucking hippie. It's when you say house. every other movie, and then do you he's mean gone. The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Uh, you'll have to yeah, tell we'll me next week. Out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Opens with a quote from Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I forgot about that. I need to watch this still. Oh, so I'm assigning yeah, this I to myself. Just, might as well just make it our Lux. next episode. Yeah. Deal. Deal. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I want to talk about it so bad. Uh, there were a number of jokes that were kind of left on the ground. I kind of feel like they could have gone with. Uh, so, Francesca Capucci, uh, the Italian woman that Rick Bless Dalton you. marries... When she's at, at the end of the movie, this is, again, not really a spoiler, after something big happened, she's describing what happened to the uh, to the police officer in Rapid <laughs> Italian, and he's just, like, barely paying attention, not even taking notes. I was really hoping that there'd be, like, a one-second pause, and he'd say, what? I, I just thought that would have been a great opportunity, and they missed it. I appreciate him just not even yeah. writing anything, just <laughs> staring at her like, huh. Well, I, I just yeah. have to politely she let her finish, and then I'll go ask someone else. else. Anyway, uh, I think I liked it. That was, I think, the most stilted thing was like two hours and twenty minutes in. It's like, okay, well, six months later, here's some narration. I'm like, wait, what? Wait a second, this movie didn't have narration. Oh, Why are we uh, doing a time oh, jump? It, it it sure did. It just picked its yeah. spots because you could just hear Kurt Russell's buttery Which, voice I, I come in and out. Like, you know, I was not upset to hear get more Kurt yeah, Russell you know in this movie. I thought I wasn't going to see him. I think I'm happier hearing Kurt Russell as a narrator than what they usually do, which is just have Quentin Tarantino be the narrator. Um, there's also like little things that uh, Tarantino does that I'm surprised more directors don't do, where he'll just like label things for some reason and uh, just put it on the screen and it's like, huh, usually people don't do that. Like a good example is in Pulp Fiction where she says, come on, don't be... Uh, and then she draws a square and the dotted lines are on the screen for some reason. Like, I get it. She drew a square. Like, I I, I know what she's doing. Uh, and here, he'll just say, and this thing happened at 11.32 p.m. And this thing happened at 12.04 a.m. And it's like, okay, I get it. He, here's Cliff in the car. It's like, yeah, I, I knew. You could have probably just said it in a voiceover. It would have been perfectly fine, too. Uh, I kind of like it. it I, I kind of wonder why more people don't do that. I forgot the first act of this movie has a lot of comedic cutaways. Oh, yes, there are. And they're oh, all yeah, pretty yeah. effective. It's been a couple days, and this is a yeah. harrowing movie. It's, yeah, I've see, forgotten a lot of it. Chris, that's the thing. Like, on one hand, I agree with you, where, like, it's a cool trick, and I wish more people did it, but also the last thing I want is more people trying to copy That's a Tarantino. good point. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's a cool trick, yeah, but I also... I do not need to sit through another Bad Times yeah, deal. I, I do. I like We've been through... We've been through the cycle before of people copying Tarantino. <laughs> Next week's episode, Smoke so, and you know, Aces. One of your criticisms of Bad Times at the El Royale was the uh, was the poor writing in it. And I will say that this is the movie where it's very clear that uh, Quentin Tarantino is head and shoulders above most people when it comes to writing scripts. Like, the dialogue in here is so much better than, for example, Bad Times at the El Royale or every movie I watched oh, this yeah. week. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same, except for The Wraith, which I am going to watch again when this podcast yeah. is over. <laughs> but then again, writing is about more than dialogue. It's also, you know, about scripting the scenes and this goes here, this goes here. And while it is disjointed, I, I there were a lot of moments where I was just like kind of enjoying the rides, just seeing this happens here and then that happened. And I don't think I was ever oh, bored. for sure. You know, which is a good thing about a movie because if you're going to make it two hours I, and forty minutes, your your the possibility of boredom goes up drastically. I teetered, I teetered on the edge of boredom, mostly during the Sharon Tate parts, which are unfathomably boring to me because I still don't really understand why we needed any of that other than hey, you know, someone's going to try to kill her later, right? Did you not and notice I get the that feet? she's supposed to parallel? 
There were feet. There like were she paralleled feet? like what Rick Dalton was going through, but also I saw was seeing Rick Dalton do it. So I'm I, good. Okay, so I guess we might as well get to the main thrust of this movie. Feet, uh, which is besides feet. Thrust between the yeah. arches. Of your uh, this movie is not just a love letter to the golden age of Hollywood, but it's also kind of about like the end of the myth of Hollywood, as I think one person put it. And I guess I can kind of see that is when uh, the Charlie Manson murders happened. It's like that sort of destroyed something and Hollywood entered a sort of a different age. And that's why when you get to, uh, that's why he made the climax the way that it is. Are we ready to talk about that? Because I'm absolutely putting a spoiler warning before we do it. I am more than ready. I've, I was, normally I don't see a movie first. It's just that's how my schedule worked out this week. I spent days just waiting to talk about the end of this movie with people. <laughs> I was dying inside. Okay, so Quentin Tarantino saw You're Next and decided to go a different route. Uh, <laughs> only three members of the Spawn Ranch come up to the Hollywood Hills and they decide, okay, let's go murder some... Incorrect. Oh, four, four of them show up and then one drives off, which is also incredibly good. Like, everyone in the world knows that she's going to do that. Hey, guys, I left my knife in the car. I left like... my knife. Like, I... But Very also, good. of course, that worked on a bunch of stupid fucking yes, hippies. absolutely. And I think my favorite thing is the way the guy almost, like, jumps after the car. Like, come on. <laughs> oh she's gonna get upset and she's gonna come and the thing is she had trouble starting it too and they're just like looking at her like, like huh what's going on uh so yeah i like that i like seeing these black clad figures come out of like the forest and squeaky from for some reason and uh they're they're walking up there with their knives and one stupid looking handgun like I liked how uh, the character's name, by the way, was Sadie. Uh, Mikey Madison as Sadie Atkins. Uh, she's in the car, and she has the most 15-year-old voice, that little whiny, like, like, oh my god, Hollywood taught us to be violent, so like, let's teach them how to be violent, you know? I'm like, oh god. Hope and they all should be like, fuck yeah, dude, we're gonna fucking do this tonight, man. Just the most harebrained fucking idiot Looney Tunes And they go to the wrong the, house. The, the, the biggest hide. <laughs> every, every group of people that's just ever done coke be like, dude, we should start a business tomorrow, dude. You and me, we have great ideas. We should do it, man. We're gonna, dude, we're gonna, no, we're gonna, no, we're gonna do this. All right, and then so get this. Sasquatch has been in space for eight years. <laughs> How's he up there, man? I don't know. He's got... He's got tang, he's got fruit pouches, he's got toothpaste, he's Bigfoot. What does Bigfoot eat? People don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, he stumbles, the, the group stumbles upon, we'll call him the squad. The squad stumbles upon the wrong house. No, no, the squad is now a curse term. Oh, I refuse to use. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, the, the, the group uh, stumbles upon the wrong house. They stumble across Brad Pitt high out of his mind with an LSD-soaked cigarette or something. LSD-soaked joint. You know, I, I said a couple weeks ago when we did the Midsummer podcast that that was the most realistic portrayal I've seen of dudes tripping. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> this takes the cake. It's because you almost kind of forget because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it takes time to kick in. He's just standing inside, just holds his arm out, and it just stops. <laughs> he says one word. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> And you know, like I forgot oh, him because he came back in. He walked over. And was like I thought he'd be like stumbling over himself to like the typical Hollywood bullshit sort of thing. Like, oh, I'm so high. When... But he just walks adorably, and he just signals us. Whoa! <laughs> when the dude points the gun at him, and he responds by pointing his finger at the dude, <laughs> like, and then asking, that is, that is the most real? acid trip shit. <laughs> just one thing. 
Are you real? <laughs> yes, I'm real. I'm the devil. All right, cool. <laughs> but he just starts laughing at him hysterically. Like, this movie's too long, but also, if you ask me if I would cut the scene of him high attempting to pour dog food, <laughs> the answer is a strong no. Absolutely never. Him struggling yeah. and just watching in amazement as it splats and jiggles in one solid cube. Oh, the sound design. <laughs> so what was powerful. more upsetting? Does the jiggling splat of the dog food or Eat. the or the dog's like grumbles as it wants its food? That dog was so hungry. Just feed just the give dog. him a baby. Just satisfy the I, urge. I mean, it's it's really hard to can a baby. So like that dog was probably just dis- not disappointed that it was uh, not being Fun. fed. It was disappointed that it just knew there's no way there's a baby in that can. <laughs> the baby was dead. If it was. I think it was like rat flavored. <laughs> okay, so the guy cocks his gun and. Uh, uh, he gives the pit bull signal to kill. The pit. <laughs> That's great because like he's it's, things are escalating, and you see a shot that cuts behind of him just giving like the easy, easy like the hand signal show like, oh no, something is magical <laughs> is about to happen. Just a tease of like no matter that all this is going on, he's in oh, control yeah. and he wants his dog to know. Just wait for my signal, and I sit forward in my chair like y'all. <laughs> If the Manson family gets murdered by this dog, we're all <laughs> see, that's, good tonight. See, that's the thing, is that Quentin Tarantino, what he does better than almost any other director I know, is showing who is in control of a scene. And this is one of the ones where he does it so well. It's not just the dog biting that dude's fucking arm off, but then saying, ah, you're going to go after uh, Mikey Madison, too. Or, yeah, Mikey Madison's her <laughs> actress's name. I hope she gets more work after this. Uh, and then go after... Did she go after Dakota Fanning? Or... No, I don't think Dakota Fanning got the dog. No, she got all of Brad Pitt. <laughs> Big mistake, turns out. Turn turns this movie and being like, hey guys, you know, I just love classic Hollywood, love cinema, love westerns. Oh, by the way, also, I like these movies. And just caving her head in on that. Correct. So he good. was not happy about having a steak knife in his butt. <laughs> the slow reveal of like, oh my god, he got stabbed, and then just caving her face Again, in on the fire. Yeah, the thing is, it pans up to his face, <laughs> still high out of his mind. Well, gotta do it. <laughs> uh, well, she's asking for no, it. No, I had yeah. to do it too. <laughs> I think his hands were posed that way and when I he was on the gurney at the end of the scene. <laughs> I love the way the fight spills outside, and you realize, like, Rick's oh here. yeah, Rick Dalton's still just in the pool listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> just drunk as shit. Fuck, we forgot the the precursor to this, where they pull up outside and he just stands outside in a bathroom with frozen margaritas, screaming. screaming at these <laughs> goddamn hippies. Don't you bring your fucking truck up here, hippies? Sure Alex wrote that scene. <laughs> it was correct. I've never felt more I seen. Fucking yeah. hate hippies. Just standing in the dark, holding, just, still just straight out of the blender, full of margarita <laughs> in, in his robe. Hey, do you fucking hear me, hippie? Like he Takes almost dies in that straight from that blender what the fuck are you looking at <laughs> such good it's really really good i feel like of all the things tarantino's great at his comedic timing yeah is so he is underrated. extremely good at that it also works it's in this ridiculous movie a lot. Uh, he's so good at so many things so it's not fair. let's talk about mikey madison as sadie atkins who is uh the, the girl with the black hair um she gets mauled to near death by that dog <laughs> Accidentally, I guess. Accidentally shoots. Well, actually, Christopher, it's a nanny dog. It was so, just. Uh... How many more of these do we have? Hopefully, not many more. 
Anyway, the dog lives if that helps. Just one. There's only one dog. <laughs> I mean, it's the same pit bull. I mean, it's so crazy that like later when the police showed up, that dog was wearing a tutu. Like. <laughs> Didn't you see the cute Facebook videos? They're nice. Anyway. Uh, she gets. <laughs> it's like every time a cop like accidentally kills a dude, there's a TikTok of them singing a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> every time a pit bull eats a baby, it's just a vine of like, oh, free belly rubs. <laughs> you see, actually, your baby was asking for it because it uh, it provoked okay, my dog. Can we get back to the character? Thank you. Anyway, she gets she no. gets lightly nipped by the dog and uh, also Thank gets you. her skull caved in. I think. It's, it's just accidentally, a it's accidentally fine. shoots Brad Pitt. I think uh, he's. Just sort of standing over her, gets caught in the crossfire, but lives. Anyway, she gets up and starts screaming and waving her arms around like the wacky waving arm inflatable tube band. Uh, and she's just. It's very important to demonstrate to the pit bull that you are not yeah, a small child. It shows that she's the dominant <laughs> alpha in the house and she's running around. It Beat. turns into like, I think it's a parody of a horror movie because she's just running around with blood streaming down her face, screaming and waving her arms. So, Parker, I'm sure this is on the list somewhere. It, it's. So breaks through good. the glass and stumbles into uh, Rick Dalton's pool. He he has the same reaction I would. It was just staring. It's just staring at her. What the fuck? He almost falls out. What the fuck? Dropping all. Can of you his imagine beer. if that was an infinity pool and she goes over the waterfall? <laughs> it's the closest oh. my mind can come to comprehending the infinite. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> So anyway, Rick goes into the tool shed. Oh, what's he going to do? Get a weed whacker? Oh, they did in fact show the the flamethrower before. Fucking Chekhov's flamethrower makes me so so happy. happy. I have have never been in Americlap, but this is the closest in my life I've ever gotten to giving a standing ovation to a movie. That's the thing about it is that like... They had shown it like twice before, once during the the Nazi movie he made, which I guess they made those back then. And also they showed it when uh, Brad Pitt was fixing his TV antenna. He goes into like that uh, that tool shit and you could see it there. And like they have to bring that back, you know, again, check off's flamethrower. And boy, do they ever. And it's a very good way of showing exactly how Tarantino feels about the Manson family. Turns out he doesn't like murderers. What a noble guy. Uh, it's such a fun scene to watch what a stand it's, to take in a movie that reveres he's this pit so bull. brave like to take a stand against murderers is very bold of you <laughs> alex i'm getting this like sort of subtle vibe that you're not really into pit bulls feet what, what about feet i don't know we're all here you guys clapped with your feet right <laughs> I did the come hither. Uh, I was just going orc, orc, orc with my feet. (laughs) (laughs) So do do we have anything else with this? For the last like five days, I've been thinking of the free hat episode of South Park, but about a pit bull. (laughs) Babies attack the pit bull. We had no choice. My brain is on fumes. You know, fumes. they didn't, they didn't have the subtitles for what the pit bull was thinking, but whenever uh, the pit bull saw, like, a, that guy's pair of nuts just dangling there, he it's immediately thinking, it's coming right for us. <laughs> I like to imagine that when Michael Vick made his dogs fight, he just dressed them both up like small children. So they just could not resist their predatory instincts anymore. So uh, Alex noticed a, a bit of a goof in this movie. The dog's name is Brandy and is referred to as a she. That is very clearly a male dog. So I'd like to shout out to... Uh, this one's got exactly. balls. She's looking very closely at that dog dick. 
dressing him up like kids. Because <laughs> 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 in my head, it's like a little onesie, like <laughs> like a little Halloween costume. <laughs> so it looks like the kids riding him, and they just go ape shit to free their brother. <laughs> Boy, it's a really good thing that nine year old girl wasn't in his house. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to stay in character. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I'm 22. <laughs> I'm an adult. I have a credit card. Please put no, no, me no. down. I, I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm another pit bull. Just like oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Two dogs dressed like babies in the gladiator arena. It's the pointing Spider-Man meme, and then they just hate each oh, other. In the, in the gladiator arena, except Dakota Fanning points her toe up or down to decide who lives or who dies. <laughs> of all the people, it had to be Dakota Fanning. She's like, what, 19? I haven't thought of Dakota Fanning in a She's probably a lot older than that. She could be 37 for all I know. I haven't seen her in a movie in Wait, years. How old is she? I have to... Actually, I, I kind of want to look that up. Dakota Fanning is... 25. Well, that's basically 19. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any of these movies. Yeah, Lord. right? Huh. Back to the movie. So, <laughs> here's my thought. What if instead of uh, just the three... Four... What if the what if instead of the four of them uh, going up to those houses? What if they had brought a pit bull with them? <laughs> that helps them stand a chance. What if what if they were like, hey, we're gonna disguise our identities by dressing up as babies? <laughs> uh, they wouldn't have lasted even as long as they did. <laughs> yeah. The dog would have been on a pit bull, goes super saiyan god, and just eats their fucking. <laughs> We are going to get canceled by so many dog moms. <laughs> That's what's finally going to do us. Whatever. <laughs> all th- They're too busy dealing with all the lawsuits from their dogs eating Spending children. Spending all their money on fucking tutus. <laughs> I'm sorry that we haven't taken the dog oh, pill, guys. That dog loves zoomies <laughs> and meat. <laughs> Thinking of the Ultra Instinct music playing. That dog just rips apart five kids. Same, but the Killer Instinct music. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, can we make a horror movie where a pit bull just murders children the whole time? So we can save it and no one can steal our idea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait, so back to this movie we watched. Uh, so after all the killing, which again, really good scene. Possibly one of my all-time favorite Quentin Tarantino scenes. Uh, it's up there. There, there's a lot of them. it's. It's up. It's up there with them murdering Hitler. At the Which, end of the yeah, <laughs> it is now. If Tarantino can do one thing above all else, it is to make a now. I know what you folks are home are wondering. Did Alex just equate uh, Adolf Hitler with hippies? And the answer is, yeah. You know, that's fair. Absolutely. <laughs> we're not going to step all over that claim. <laughs> at least one of them quit while step. they were ahead. Oh Jesus. Uh, at least this movie didn't have Eli Roth. Anyway, so uh, then he... By the way, did you see the picture of him at the premiere? No. Buddy. <laughs> it will Thank be in the you. chat later. I need it to see this. a oh, lot good. to take in. Oh, I hope he gets hit by a bus. Anyway, uh, so the movie 
this, how does the movie end? Uh, yeah, he just sort neighbor. of he's just talking with the cuck neighbor, and just be like, "Yeah, I'll talk to Sharon Tate over yeah. the intercom." That, we get a nice yeah. callback to the the scene when they first drive up to the house earlier. It's like, "Yeah, you know, I live next to this famous person. All it takes is one pool party, and I'll be back in there." Like, it's just it's okay. I, it just doesn't really fit. For, I think. I I disagree. I think for a movie about Hollywood and stardom, I think the idea that like all of this crazy shit happened and it somehow results in what might be like the next big break for this guy is like kind of effective because it's basically pseudo random the the way that i was thinking about this is i think that the movie is sort of a farewell to the golden age of hollywood and as such rick dalton's career should sort of enter its twilight right now instead of getting possibly a resurgence with cuck guy aka polanski they're basically the same guy uh they're getting cucked by each other i I'm not saying it shouldn't have ended that way, and I, I guess it's all right there, but I'm not sure that that's really the ending I would have gone with. It's not like the movie just sort of... It's not like one of those movies I hate where, oh, there's just no ending. Like, I'm fine with it. I think that is very clearly an ending. I'm, I'm just not sure it fits in with the way that I see the movie or the way that Quentin Tarantino is trying to tell the story. I got the vibe that, like, he wasn't specifically trying to say anything about the golden age of Hollywood. It was just a convenient backdrop for the ideas that he actually wanted to communicate, which were about Hollywood much more in general than they were, like, Hollywood 40, okay, definitely years disagree, ago. because the movie, I think, was very clearly about the golden age of Hollywood and the ending of such. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why he has Sharon Tate survive this movie. It's, uh, he's like, well, you know what? If I could go back in history, this is what I would do. This is how I feel about them killing off the golden age of Hollywood and maybe an actress or two. Who cares? Parker, your thoughts? <laughs> I love Tarantino's weird alternate history. Yeah, he, I think he likes that a lot. You know what? I, I could go with more movies like that. I, I hope Snopes doesn't fact check this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like the ending I guess I could say it fell flat but like how do you how do you I, come back from that yeah, flamethrower yeah. I mean how do I, you like, I loved the ending I'm like really surprised by this like well, I, yeah, wasn't I don't realize wanna... the ending was something well, that was in contention I like I thought the ending was fantastic the ending. I just I don't know if that's really the ending I would have gone with and I, I, you do make a point that it it's not the right word. Like it's it just might be leading there. It's off. like it does sort of make the case. It's like, yeah, but you know, living next to this guy, maybe this will be my big break after that trio of spaghetti oh. westerns he made. I just don't know if it's really the one I would have gone with. But I also don't know what I would have gone with. So, I think it's just more riding off the adrenaline There's of that, that ending. Yeah. I was like, all right, like I would not like. That absolutely should have been the ending, but also, if that ambulance door just shut and it I mean, like, would be like, all right, how, how, I mean, like, let's how, do, this. how do you Some follow kid. up that scene? You can't go with, like, the Blades of Glory ending where they just blast off into space. But hey, have you guys seen my dog? And then it cuts to a kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> there okay, we go. so I want to talk about the final shot of the movie that I thought was really powerful. Uh, we have Rick Dalton standing there in his bathrobe, looking at uh, the cuck guy, talking over the intercom to Sharon Tate. And we see a different angle coming from the trees nearby. And you can just hear this hairy animal breathing deeply, staring daggers at the back of Rick Dalton's head. (laughs) And that's when you know that Bigfoot's going to come out there and actually commit the Sharon Tate murder. Oh my god, if if Tarantino made a Bigfoot movie, I would... I would, like, take a week off of work and see it every day. And that's the tea, sis.